We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. If you would, turn with me in the listening sheet um, to the reverse text for this week, James 5, 19 through 20. Um, every week, we have a single text for the church. It's what we call reverse. And this week's reverse text was only two verses long. We're going to read the entire thing. But even in two verses, we're pointed to the truth of our Lord. So if you would, stand with me, and let's read this aloud together. This, then, is the text for today. My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth and turn, turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. May God bless the reading of his word. So this is the end of the book of James. This is the end of our study in the book of James. And James ends in a terrifying fashion. You see, what James is telling us here is there are some of you in this room, even this very moment, who are wandering. He's saying to the church then, he's saying to the church today, there are those who stray. There are those who wander off. And that's frightening. In fact, he says... Right now, there are wandering Christians. But you know, this doesn't make sense. Because a Christian is someone who fixes their eyes on Jesus Christ and never turns away. A Christian is someone who stays on the straight and narrow. A Christian is someone who will follow Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth in obedience so when we hear of such a wandering Christian, such a phrase is an oxymoron. In fact, to, to, to say that you are living a wandering Christian life is oxymoronic. You see, because what we have before us is something different. Because the life of a believer is more like this. It is as if Jesus has laid out in front of us these paving stones. And there are paving stones for us to walk on, where each day we find a new a paving stone that is fitted firmly in the ground, that is set deeply into the rock, so that it is the only sure footing that you can know in the course of this life. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, you will have those before you every day of your life. They're there perfectly comforting, in our world of conflicts. They're there set for us to keep us out of those calamitous pits. And yet, even still, with the Lord himself laying down pavers in front of us that we might know the way forward, Christians every day choose to live as oxymorons who jump into the cloudy puddles that are just to the side to see how deep they are. And so you have some who wander, who wander jumping from puddle to puddle until we find one deep enough to engulf us. It's just like Cain. 
us wandering Christians are just like Cain. You know, one of the joys of being a parent is being able to share these great stories of faith with your children. And we, we've tried different ways. Amy and I have tried different ways to share the stories of faith with our girls. Um, and, and one of the ways that we would do this is, is sometimes at night before bedtime, we would read them Bible stories. And so there was this one book that, that really it wasn't much of a devotional because we would just start to laugh. And we laugh over and over again because as we read through this, this book, and it was called like Bedtime Devotionals for Kids, and every night in this Bedtime Devotional for Kids, somebody died. And the girls started to, to uh, ask me every night, Daddy, who dies tonight? And we would just laugh. And, and we get to one, and so we open it up, and it's like girls are in their pajamas laying in bed, and we're opening the bedtime stories for, for kids, and the title at the top of the page is Cain Murders Abel. <laughs> it's just an, this, another seditious story to send us to slumber. But I have to say, this, this book, it, it's, it's attempting to, to, to be perfectly faithful to the Old Testament. Because if you're going to be faithful to the Old Testament, there are people wandering all over the place. And death is on every page because sin lives in every story. From the beginning, we see even Adam and Eve welcoming sin into their life, and thus they welcomed death. We see one of their sons murder their other son. Moses murders somebody. David murders somebody. These are terrible stories, and they're terrible bedtime stories for your children. <laughs> but the Cain one, the story of Cain and Abel is important for us this morning. Because what you see is Cain murders Abel. The Lord confronts him about his murderous escapade. And Cain's response to the Lord is, I don't know where Abel is, which was a lie. He didn't know where he was. And then he continues on. He says, the ubiquitous, am I my brother's keeper? He looks up to God and says, am I my brother's keeper? And ever since then, over and over again, we repeat that phrase, am I my brother's keeper? You know, I don't think people realize when they quote this scripture, am I my brother's keeper, they are siding with an unrepentant murderer. You know, most of the time when I hear people say, well, am I my brother's keeper? They're trying to justify their own inaction. They're using it as if they're supposed to not look after their brother. When in fact, what we see is the opposite in Scripture. James is telling us the very opposite. That on some level, James is telling us here, you, you have to be the first to assist your brother when he is in trouble. When your brother is struggling, when your brother or your sister in Christ is falling, you be there to pick them up. That's part of what God has called the church to be, people who pick one another up and drag one another out of the pits and put them back on the firm foundation that is Jesus Christ. You see, when he says, am I my brother's keeper, he, he's rolling at eyes, his eyes at some kind of 24-hour surveillance, but that's not what we're talking about here. This is about being there when somebody needs you. This is about loving your brother or your sister in Christ through the pain that whenever they wander off, you're going to be there to steer them back in the right direction. Even if you get ran over, you're going to be there to steer them back in the right direction. Because that, that's what James is teaching us here, to be there for one another. That, that you have a responsibility for your brother, your sister in Christ. In fact, this is what this discipling teaches us. That every one of us in here needs somebody that we're discipling. And we need somebody that's discipling us. And, and this is part of what it means to disciple somebody is you're going to hold each other accountable, that you have somebody in your life who will tell you when you have wandered off. 
when you have wandered too far, when you're drifting away from the truth of Jesus Christ, you need people in your life, you need people in your everyday life to be able to look you in the eye and say, this is not right. And if you don't have people in your life who are willing to tell you what you're doing is wrong, you're gonna fall. You're gonna fall quickly and you are going to fall hard. We need people in our lives to speak the truth in love, to gently steer us back on course. And you know, if, if you don't attempt to make things right in their relationship with God, you are held accountable. That's where James is taking us this week. This is your responsibility. If you see it, it is yours. And you know what? This is part of the charge against Cain. Because not only was murder sinful in this moment, but he was supposed to love and protect his brother. And he refused to love and protect his brother. In fact, he went the complete opposite direction. He failed on all counts. And the consequences of that sin, if you go back and look at the story in Genesis, the consequence of that sin was that Cain would be a wanderer. You see, what we recognize through all of Scripture and what we recognize through our experiences as Christian, Christians is that sin always leads to dark roads of death. You see, sometimes we think, oh, I'm just going to wander off a little bit. But whenever we wander, and the further you wander away from those paving stones that the Lord has set in front of you, the further you wander away, you, you are ever increasing the tragedy and loneliness in your life. Because the further you drift away from Jesus Christ, the more and more tragedy and loneliness there is. In fact, the only place we find hope and the only place we find purpose in relationship is on the path set forth for us by Jesus Christ himself. You know, it's interesting, Cain, being as close as he was to creation, could sense this. And even as he was set off to wander, he begged the Lord for mercy. And as it was, in the perfect character of God, God gave him mercy. Not that Cain wouldn't face the wilderness, but that God's protection would be upon him. And I want you to know this. We don't have this, this grand moment of confession out of Cain. There, there isn't some mighty restoration at this point. However, Cain begged for mercy. And God still proved merciful to this vagrant. And I want you to hear this. It doesn't matter how far our vagrancies go. God's mercy is mighty. Now, now turn with me uh, to Numbers 32. We'll look at another one. Numbers 32, 13. Here in Numbers 32, the, the whole nation, the whole nation of Israel chose to fight God's pathway. You see, as it was, Israel in those days, they were, they were blessed by the Lord. And God had revealed more than he ever had. And what God had done, God had set down the, the, the perfect pavers for Israel for the way forward. And so he set this course for them. And, and as he set it out, they began to complain. And as it was, God, God even set this, this pathway up for Israel, these pavers, so that it even had railings. And there were railings all along the way so that they couldn't even get off course because the railings kept them there. And all they did was complain about the railings. And they started looking at the puddles beyond the railings. And those puddles beyond the railings looked too inviting. And all they could do was complain to God about, about God's path and that they're not over there and they were complaining about the paving stones and they were complaining about the railings. 
They were complaining about the food. They were complaining about the walk. And it got so bad at times, they demanded to go backwards. They said, God, I don't even want this anymore. We're going to go back that way from which we came from. But God didn't let them go backwards. And then they started to complain about the next steps. God had laid out the the steps that they needed to walk into the promised land. And as they, they looked at the steps that God had set before them, they didn't praise the Lord saying, thank you for these firm footings all the way into a promised land. They looked up at God and said, that looks awfully hard. And they started complaining, saying, those steps are too big. Those steps are too far. We can't get there. This is too much for us. And they just kept complaining over and over again. And before we get too judgmental with Israel here, you know, I think this is the very same reason God doesn't reveal to us uh, more than he does. Is often God only gives us enough for today. And often the, the, the paving stone that God sets in front of us is just one more for one more day. And I think the reason why is this very thing. Because if we saw more than one or two, we would start to complain. We would complain all the more and we would complain about God's plans and we would complain about the paving stones. You see, God doesn't give us any more because we can't handle it. We would complain as loud as Israel did. And in all their complaining, we get Numbers 32, 13. Look with me there, Numbers 32, 13. So they kept complaining over and over again about the paving stones, about the railings, about where they were headed. And so the Lord's anger burned against Israel and he made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years until the entire generation of those who had done evil in the sight of the Lord was destroyed. God says yet again, as he did to Cain, you will wander. Because they were complaining about the paving stones and the handrails, God, God took them all away. He took the paving stones away. He took the handrails away. And they circled in obscurity for 40 years. But I want you to be careful. Don't lose sight of who God is in all of this. Because God still, even in their sin, God still kept his promises. And what you see here in, in Israel, once the, the generation of complainers died off, God restored them and reaffirmed his promise he made to Israel. And so what you see again is even in, 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 to these who are vagrants, God was merciful and he maintained his promises. And this is, this is what we see. It doesn't matter how far we get off course from the Lord. God, God is merciful and maintains his promises. Those of us who are vagrants, those of us who have been vagrants for years, God is saying, come home. And there is a, there is a way back. There's a, there's a way back to the Lord through Jesus Christ that is set before you even still today. Even to the vagrants, God is merciful, and he is maintaining his promises. You know, this oxymoronic lifestyle keeps on in the New Testament as well. It's what you see in the prodigal son. You see, there we see a similar thing. The, the, the son is just asking for more. He asks for all of his inheritance. He says, give me my inheritance now. And when he asks for more and he gets more, he cannot handle more. As he gets his inheritance early, he immediately runs off in the wrong direction. And in a couple of turns, he has lost everything. And he won't get it back. Do you see how often this, this, this is for us? Where God gives us just one more moment of blessing, one more paving stone forward in this life, and we run off completely in the opposite direction. Chasing after other things of this world. Chasing after terrible things that happen to be shiny. 
You know, it's so tragic because God has laid out a path for us. God has laid out a path for this church and God has laid out a path for you as an individual in faith. And so often, even as believers, we choose anything and everything else. Some of us are in so fast in those pits of despair. We're, we're like those lizards that run on top of the water and we just skim over the puddles until we get tired and we sink into a crater. This is what the prodigal son does. And he's just wallowing in the mud until he remembers his father, merciful and compassionate. And then, then he starts walking back towards those paving stones that leads to his father's house. And, and let me remind you here, it doesn't matter how far the vagrancy goes. It doesn't matter how far, of course, you get. It, when, when you're ready to turn, God, God sets those paving stones back down so that you can walk towards the house of your heavenly Father. God, God will make this right when we are repentant. And so the prodigal starts walking back. And in Luke 15, 20, Scripture tells us that while he was a long way off, the Father came running. You see, that, that's the beauty of this passage because it's, it's, not, it's not that we, we get muddy. It isn't that, that we wander off because, as it seems, you, you run through all of these pages, so often believers wander off. The beauty of, of the passage of the prodigal is that the heavenly Father comes running after us. You see, that to all the oxymoronic believers to the wandering Christians, to the vagrant sons and daughters. God is still merciful, and God will keep his promises to receive back the repentant by the blood of Jesus Christ. And see, that's what James is reminding us of this week. James is saying, ne never let this escape you. Keep this in front of you always. Stay a repentant people because God receives back those who are repentant. Those who will turn back and say, God, I am ready. God will come running to get us. See, those, see there's some of us we have to recognize. We're, we're, we're walking carefully along this way. We, we see the paving stone and we step on it. And, and God sets the, the other paving stone in front of us and, and, and we step on it. See, those, that are, those of us that are carefully following the way today, we have a responsibility to keep walking forward in Jesus Christ by the power of the Spirit. And at the same time, and this is what James is reminding you, there, there, there's, there's more to it though. At the same time as God just sets down this paving stone in front of you, he, he hands you this buoy that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it says you, you stand there on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, you have this responsibility to, to throw that buoy out to those along the way that we see struggling off the road. You see, so we, we have to find that, that next paving stone and then be ready to serve and be ready to help and be ready to love. See, once we get our, our footing firm, we need to see who we might be able to help. Because it's one of the great things about this faith that we live in Jesus Christ. 
is that we can't do this alone, and this is not meant to be alone. God is not building you a path into isolation. God is building you a path into community. And along the way, the, the church builds up with you and around you, and we get to do this together. It's one of the joys of the faith is we're in this together, and the Holy Spirit is bringing us together in this. It's no accident that we're together today. It's no accident that the church has gathered in this way. It's no accident that you're watching on TV this morning. God has ordained it so that this would be so and we are in this together. And so we have a responsibility to step forward in that next step of faith that God has given us. We, we can't just remain back and comfortable. Every day we step forward in faith. Every day we grow in faith. And at the same time, we're looking around. We're saying, who can I help? Who can I serve? Who needs me today? How might I serve? How might I pull you up out of the pit that you're in? For the gospel, with the gospel, for the kingdom, with the kingdom. You see, what we recognize together is that our God is merciful. And our God is going to keep his promises to receive back the repentant. And so the question before us this morning is, where are you? Are you an oxymoron? Are you a wandering Christian? Or is this one of the good days where your feet are planted firmly on the stone that God has set before you? Because either way, you have a responsibility. If you're wandering, Jesus says, come home. If your feet are planted firmly upon the rock, Jesus says, look around for who you can help. And that's just what James is telling us is a lot of us need help. There's more of us wandering than we like to believe. But though we have wandered, God is faithful and God is merciful and he will bring you home. Let's pray together. Our Father, we love you. Lord, we are worshiping this morning because we recognize you are the Lord of our lives. We're worshiping because we want to say with all the air that's in our lungs, Jesus is Lord. Lord of my life. And so we fall before you now, Father. And we, we say, take our hearts do with them what you will. Take, take our minds, our soul, our attention, our hopes, our dreams, and purify us, Father, so that we might pray thy will be done and see it in all of its glory. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.